Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. So imagine you're feeling really connected to your spouse. It's just been a great day. Things are going really well. And you're really looking forward to renewing your vows in that marital embrace, uniting in a loving union. And so you're excited, you're ready, and you ask the question. You say, would you like to make love tonight? And the answer that comes is not really. Maybe with a groan, maybe a negative tone, maybe they don't even look up from their phone or their TV show or their book or whatever they're engaged in. What? You think to yourself, really? Okay, you mutter back, maybe tomorrow night. And they say, maybe, but we all know what that maybe really means. It probably means now. So what can you do if this describes you? What if your spouse doesn't want to engage in intercourse And it seems like that is always or almost always the case. We're going to talk about what you can do. How often does this happen? First, I want to say more often than you think. So I don't want you to feel like you're alone or the weird couple or like something's wrong with you if you've come across the situation. And even um, if you're not the one necessarily pursuing um, uniting and having that marital embrace, you know, you could be on the receiving end of that. Maybe you're the one saying no to those invitations. Um, But again, you are not alone. This happens more frequently than most people think. And why? There's a lot of reasons. So we're going to cover as many as we can. (laughs) There's lots of different things you can do. So if you're wondering, what can I do about it? You know, it's a tough one because you can't force somebody to have sex with you. That would be um, criminal activity and very unloving. Um, And you shouldn't just try to sit there and convince and change their mind. That would probably be a pretty fruitless conversation. So there's probably a lot going on inside that other person. And so if you are willing to take time to take a long look interiorly, both of you, and do that interior journey together, that's where you can make a lot of progress. So let's take a minute to think about the times that you haven't wanted to make love together, where you haven't been on the same page. So let's kind of go through a list of possible ideas of why that's the reason, what might cause you two not to be on the same page. And I'm just going to list a few random ones. I'm sure there's an infinite number of reasons that we could put down here, but let's see what we can come off off the top of our heads. Um, So it could be anything from anger, hurt. And I suggest as we're going through this, think of your own ideas for this. And if you have potential ideas, like write it down, make an actual list, because if you're able to write, if you're driving or something, try to mentally do it. But it's really helpful to see all of these things listed out on a page because it helps you have an idea of what could be going on in your relationship and in the dynamic between the two of you. So like I said, anger, hurt, fear, fatigue, um, low sex drive, lack of interest, no emotional connection, pain. Maybe you're avoiding conception. Maybe there's been a situation of infidelity and there's just a lack of trust there. Some type of pornography use. 
And on either part, maybe someone's upset because they've discovered pornography use or maybe pornography use has created a lack of interest, um, a mental con condition, some type of physical condition that somebody's recovering from. So these are just a few and there's a pretty good chance, you know, out of those few that I just listed that you or your partner have experienced most of these um, maybe not all, but a good portion of them. So let's talk about some of the more common ones. What are some of the ones that are more likely to be a situation that people encounter for uh, not being on the same page sex-wise? So lack of emotional connection, I think, is huge. And there can be lots of reasons for a lack of emotional connection. Again, there could be anger. There could be hurt. Um, maybe you haven't been spending time together. Maybe there hasn't been an opportunity for romance and just sort of getting giddy together and being silly. Um, no emotional intimacy can be huge. And I think a lot of people underestimate the power of an emotional connection. And really, it's the foundation of your relationship. Everything flows from that. Um, if we don't have that strong emotional connection, how can we do anything in our relationship well, let alone sex, which requires high levels of vulnerability and intimacy? What else can we talk about? Fatigue, fatigue or low sex drive. So maybe somebody's tired and that can be a way to think about what are you doing to help that person? Um, maybe if you have somebody, if your beloved has made some complaints about being tired as an excuse potentially or a reason for not um, engaging in having sexual relations that night, you know, maybe make a list. What are some things, three to five things that you can do right now that could help give them a break? Maybe they were juggling a lot. Um, maybe somebody's juggling a lot of responsibilities at work or a lot of responsibilities at home with kids. And so what are some things that you could do to help assist with that tiredness? Um, letting them have an afternoon nap or encouraging them to make a doctor's appointment. Now, you got to be careful with that one because um, you don't want to be accusing somebody of needing to go to the doctor when, um, you know, that might not be the case. That could potentially come off as insulting. So you have to be really careful about how you float that idea. But you know, there could be a lot of reasons physically of why somebody might be tired in addition to just the emotional peace or lack of sleep. Um, maybe even your body changes, your body changes over the years due to age, stress, diet, and again, illness. So there's lots of options and you have to be really nuanced here and not turning your partner into a, you know, science experiment of like, let's figure out what's wrong with you. <laughs> That combination is not going to fly too well, and it probably will not get you to on the same page sex-wise. But really, if you're able to come at it from a loving angle, um, from a caring angle, and not so much from that um, more self-interested angle of your motivations and your desires, that could really go a long way to help get you guys on the same page. And lack of interest. So we talked about lack of emotional connection fatigue, low sex drive, and then lack of interest. Sometimes the answer is, I just don't really feel like it. And that's, that's a painful answer to receive. Um, it feels like maybe someone might be telling you that your desire to be close, to feel loved, to give love is less important, less important than 
the phone less important than a book or something else that they might be having in their hands. And so we have to be careful when our beloved comes to us and makes a request, thinking about those nonverbal body language and those signals that we're giving. So if we're not on the same page and you, you really aren't feeling up to it, thinking about what we're communicating when we say no, what are you going to be doing instead with that time? And it really sucks if we're accidentally sending that message unintentionally. And so if that is the case for you, that could be a sign where there is some lack of emotional intimacy and connection there, like I mentioned before. And there could be things you do about this as well. Um, Maybe even if you don't feel like it, are you making sure that you're spending that time doing something else to strengthen that emotional connection? So if it's not going to be sexual intimacy, what can you be doing instead? Instead of doing a separate activity, maybe there could be cuddling, maybe there could be conversation um, about hopes and dreams of where you want to see each other in five to 10 years, or where you want to see your family in five years, whatever, whatever goals you might have. And so really just getting in tune again with those messages that we're sending, because the last thing we want is to be accidentally hurting our beloved when we don't really mean to do so. It could just be a genuine, I'm tired, I don't feel like it, or actually I had something else in mind for tonight, and then having to navigate that and figure out what the two of you are going to do. And then another reason is, like I mentioned before, infidelity or some type of pornography use. This is a tough one because Pornography is very much used uh, frequently in our culture, and there's just so many things tied to pornography use. I'm, I'm probably going to have to do a whole nother episode on this. But um, in addition to all the ethical, moral reasons around it, right, human trafficking, all of those issues connected to it, in your relationship, it causes a lot of mistrust, especially infidelity, shame, avoidance. It's kind of things that people don't like to talk about publicly. These are two things people don't want to be associated with or connected to, especially in faith circles. People who have committed an infidelity don't want to talk about it with their spouse because they just want to be so distanced far away from it as possible. They want to be associated with their embarrassed and ashamed that they even did something like that. And so... They don't want to talk about it. And that makes it really hard for the person who's been betrayed to feel like they can trust that person again. And so being willing to go there and be willing to have those messy conversations for the sake of your relationship and so that you can feel close. So what can you do about all of these situations? We're kind of getting into it a little bit. I would recommend first talking to a therapist. This is tough. Um, a lot of times people want that rapid fix, but it's not, you're likely not to have gotten into this position overnight. Um, so you're not going to fix it overnight either. If there's constant rejection and not being on the same page sex- sexually, there you could be heading down a trajectory. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, here and there, it's okay. It's normal for people not to be on the same page, but I'm talking about consistently over a long period of time. There's more that's happening in your relationship that has created that environment. And so a therapist can really help you navigate that and bring some tools, but there's good news. There's things that you can do on your own as well to sort of turn things around. So it doesn't have to be 
um, in a therapist's office, although that's always going to be my first and primary <laughs> recommendation. But um, you can you can rebuild your emotional intimacy on your own as well. You can learn about your beloved's love maps. Again, learning about their inner world, getting in tune with what's happening in their life, asking them all of those questions about what's happening at work and what are your biggest worries for the future? What do you find exciting in life right now? How are you feeling about being a mother or a father? Just any open-ended questions that can really get you in touch with the heart of your beloved and strengthening that emotional bond. Learning how to communicate, especially in their love language, can be huge as well. We often default to our own individual love language. So for example, if I'm somebody who likes quality time, I'm going to be creating all of these opportunities to spend quality time with my husband because, hey, isn't this so great? This is how we show love. This is how I like to show love. Isn't it wonderful? But if his love language is words of affirmation, quality time, while being nice and he might enjoy it, isn't going to speak to his heart in the same way. And so I would have to be really focused on being intentional about making sure that I'm going that extra mile of writing a note or sending him a text message or telling him verbally how much he's appreciated while we're spending that quality time or in addition to the quality time and listening without arguing. So when you get to this place, when you guys aren't on the same page about your sexual relationship, it's really crucial that you have the conversation as much as possible without it turning into a big argument and listening to understand your beloved's perspective and where they're coming from versus listening to argue your point and defend your point of view. That's a tough one. That's really hard to do. But if you can do it, it will make all the difference for increasing that emotional intimacy. And finally, just getting back to the basics, remembering what marriage is all about. And so lovemaking should be an expression of that love between the two of you that culminates from a day or days spent in love, not fighting, not ignoring one another, not avoiding, but having all of these moments throughout the day or the week where you are feeling closer and connected. So thinking of your sexual relationship almost as the pinnacle or culmination or the cherry on top, not the obligatory you know, union once every so often, but really an outpouring and a love and extension of the love you already share together in the day to day. And that can really just change the perspective of instead of checking a box, really letting it flow out of our natural um, dispositions of loving and sacrificing and caring for each other in other ways in our regular and daily life. So now we'll transition to the Q&A portion of the episode. And I was recently asked a question about um, men versus women and sexual intimacy. So somebody said, is it true that men use sex for emotional connection and women need emotional connection for sex? So in other words, do men need sex in order to feel like they're emotionally connected and are women the opposite. They need that emotional connection before they can be ready and willing to have sex. Now, I don't know if there's any um, studied research out here about this. I'm going to have to look and find it. But in my experience, what I've seen with a lot of couples, I really believe generally speaking, you know, of course, there are exceptions to this. 
But I do believe there is some legitimacy towards this. I think in general, men view sex as a way to feel more emotionally bonded and closer closer to their beloved. And women, on the other hand, have a tendency to want to feel close before they can be vulnerable in that way and risk um, risk some more vulnerability or be willing to open up in that way. And so it's kind of just this crazy, <laughs> interesting thing, you know, why Lord did you design us this way? But I think it really speaks to the differences of masculinity and femininity and how men are more outward oriented and women have this receiving sort of disposition about them. Um, and so it's a kind of a beautiful thing to reflect on from time to time, but to answer your question, yes, I do think that um, there's a difference there. And I think it be, can be helpful when you two are on different pages, sex-wise, and how you approach it. Sometimes it's helpful to think about the other person's perspective when you guys aren't on the same page. So if you're a woman and kind of frustrated, like, doesn't he know we haven't spent time together? We don't have the emotional connection you can be attuned to, oh, he's asking because he probably wants to feel connected. And maybe that could soften your heart to be more willing to say yes during that situation. Or the opposite is true. You know, for husbands, if your wife's kind of like, you know, what the heck, like not really feeling it, that can be a clue to you to say, oh, you know what? You're right. We probably haven't really spent a lot of time together. Let's spend a few minutes chatting. You know, I want to hear about your day. Let's check in. Um, And so that could be a great way for you to meet in the middle and make sure both of your emotional needs are met in those situations. Okay, and for your mental health tip this week, I think it's really important to not get too bogged down in these situations. If you're the person who is constantly extending that invitation and asking to engage in that marital embrace and you keep feeling rejected, I would say don't lose hope and really tune into your partner. What is it? We have to get to the root of what is it that is making them say no and finding out about those other aspects of your relationship. And so I would say find the right time to talk. And when you're having that conversation, whether it's about your sexual relationship, um, be honest be honest and open with those feelings, but making sure that you state what your needs and your desires were are in a positive way rather than focusing on the negative. So for example, you would want to give a suggestion about, you know, I really love it when, you know, you touch my hair lightly in that way, or, you know, I really love it when we can spend time together and have more conversations as opposed to, you know, you never want to spend time with me or why do you always, you know, brush my hair this way? And so being really open and caring and thoughtful in those conversations. And if you're the one extending the invitation and feeling rejected, being willing to share that and put that out there and say, you know, this is really hard for me and I love you. And I want to get to the bottom of this and figure out how we can meet in the middle you know, I want to see if there's anything we can do about this because I care about you and I care about our relationship. Um, and so tell me, tell me what it is. And so having those real heart to heart conversations can really make all the difference. And I think people are so afraid to have those conversations because they can be heated and charged and they're very personal and intimate. And so making sure that you both are in a good place mentally, emotionally, 
um, where you can be calm and have that conversation, not in the middle of sex, not, you know, just before you're trying to have the deep conversation in order to hurry it up and speed up so that you can have sex, but at a time where it's totally neutral, um, where it's just alone, the two of you, a separate conversation from actually, um, having, you know, engaging in sex and taking care of yourself as well, taking time for those emotional moments for yourself to collect yourself, whether it's through prayer or speaking to a spiritual director or a trusted um, person in your life. Again, a therapist is great for this because once we start including friends and family members in our personal um, sexual relationship, that can get a little sticky. But somebody, a neutral third party person who you could feel comfortable talking through Um, that struggle can be really helpful too. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, please join. We are doing a challenge. It's called the Catholic Couples Love Adventure Challenge. So go to Facebook. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you are not going to want to miss this. We're going to go over so many things just like this. We're going to talk about sexual intimacy. We're going to talk about emotional intimacy, communication, restoring connection, all of those things to help enhance your relationship. And so please join us over in the group. I'm so excited about it. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening over there. And um, yeah, I hope you'll join us and I'll see you guys next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.